Welcome to the Bible in the News. This week's headlines around the world have been dominated by Syria. Russia has also figured heavily into the headlines as opposing UN sanctions in Syria. Running a close third has been Iran with the growth of its nuclear capabilities, which draws international eyes towards Israel and the fear that they will intervene. The Arab League resolution made this week called for Syrian President Bashar al-Assad to end the violence and hand over power to his deputy. However, Russia is not going along with this, nor is it standing by while others act. CBC News reported on February 1st, international powers remain deadlocked on what to do in Syria. The U.S. and some European powers favor the removal of al-Assad. But Russia and China apparently fear a regime change that might threaten their long-stand interests in the region. Russia has been a long-standing ally of Syria, has an important naval base in the Syrian port of Tartus, and has been selling arms to Syria for years. Both Russia and China also fear that a regime change in Syria would embolden Western powers to do the same in Iran, which is a major supplier of oil and natural gas to China and an ally of Russia, end quote. Well, Russia does not want a regime change because it will threaten their long-term interests in the region. The meaning of this is further elaborated in an article entitled The Last Battle of the Cold War in the Wall Street Journal, which reported on January 31st, 2012, time and again at the United Nations, Moscow has declared the sovereignty of Assad regime a red line and stated it would veto any resolution in the Security Council that would put it in jeopardy. Mr. Putin is invested in Syria as well as in other dictators in the region. There are philosophical and ideological stakes at work here. Mr. Putin has ridden the windfall of oil and gas revenues for a good decade, buying off the middle class, tranquilizing his country, and justifying his authoritarianism at home as the price of restoring the grandeur and power abroad. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has been emphatic that there can be no repeat of Libya. By his lights, the green light given to protect Libyan civilians had turned into a warrant for regime change. Democracies are on a rampage, so the Russian custodians of power insist, and the line has to be drawn in defense of the autocratic cabal of nations. Russian history alternates long periods of quiescence with sudden rebellions. The Putin autocracy was taking no chances. End quote. The French press reported yesterday that the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said, I don't think Russian policy is about asking people to step down. Regime change is not our profession. Lavrov argued this, while Mr. Assad is not an ally of Moscow, it is not up to other nations to interfere. End quote. Well, whether Mr. Assad can survive the Arab Spring or not, we do not know for sure. What we do know is that a regime friendly to Russia and hostile to Israel will exist in the latter day. Russia has great interest in Mr. Assad's survival, and following the loss of Gaddafi as their ally does not want to lose another client state. Well, running parallel to this is Russia's protection of Iran, the Persia of Ezekiel 38, who is with them, along with Libya. This is definitely heating up the Middle East. 
Bloomberg reported on February 1st, the Israeli Army Chief of Staff Lieutenant General Benny Gantz said to his country must build up its military capabilities and be prepared to strike if economic sanctions fail to prevent Iran from developing nuclear weapons. Israel must be willing to deploy its military assets because Iran may be within a year of gaining nuclear weapon capability, Gantz said yesterday. There is no doubt that Iran is striving for a bomb, Gantz said. Its activities must be disrupted, he said. End quote. Speaking at the same conference, Israeli military intelligence chief Major General Aviv Kochavi was reported by the Jerusalem Post to have said Iran can make a bomb within a year. Add to that 200,000 rockets and missiles, this threatens Israel. Iran has created a stockpile of enriched uranium that could be used to manufacture up to four nuclear weapons. While the French press reported secret talks between the CIA and the Mossad in the U.S. this last week on this very issue. We read, the head of Israel's intelligence service paid a visit to Washington last week to discuss Iran's nuclear program, the CIA director and the top U.S. lawmakers said Tuesday. Mossad chief Tamir Parado flew to the U.S. capital to consult with his American counterparts amid speculation over possible Israeli strike against Iranian nuclear facilities. CIA Director David Petraeus and Senator Dianne Feinstein revealed at a congressional hearing. Well, the Bible paints a picture of the merchants of Tarshish and the young lions of siding with Israel and pushing against the power of the north in Daniel 11, verse 40. At the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him. Well, the southern alliance will be pro-Israel, although unable to stop the onslaught described in Ezekiel 38. We look for a power more favorable to Israel to be driving the American bus in the latter days. Canada's Prime Minister has proven to be pro-Israel. Britain is leaning this way, as are the Australians and New Zealanders at times. And the U.S. has had a drop in its support for Israel under Obama. Although the current leadership of the CIA is exhorting Israel to hold back, the Republican presidential nominee, Mitt Romney, has different ideas. He stated this week, I believe the best way to have peace in the Middle East is not for us to vacillate and to appease but is to say we stand with our friend Israel, he said. We are committed to a Jewish state in Israel. We will not have an inch of difference between ourselves and our ally Israel. Well, it will be interesting to see what transpires throughout the U.S. elections this fall, and also in Russia. Because Russia's focus in the Middle East is rooted in its future ambitions. Russia is concerned about its military contracts and the billions of dollars tied up on them. Reuters reported on January 31st of 2012, Russia is counting on President Bashar al-Assad keeping his grip on power to see through potential arms contracts worth up to $6 billion and to help Moscow reach a record defense export year, according to the CAST think tank. Having lost ten of billion, tens of billions of dollars in arms contracts with the Libyans after leader Muammar Gaddafi was ousted last year, Moscow is looking to Damascus to maintain a foothold, both politically and economically, in the region. At stake for Russia, the world's number two arms exporter, is billions of dollars in potential and current arms contracts with ally Syria, including deliveries of an order of 24 MiG-29-2 fighters signed in 2007. 
Syria, where Russia maintains a naval base, is also the only ally Russia has left in the Middle East. If Assad goes, Russia will lose everything, cast director Ruslan Pukov said. Syria is one of Russia's top five clients. Russia already concluded with Syria contracts for $4 billion and has $2 billion more potential contracts on the way, Pukov said. The Moscow-based CATS is Russia's most respected defense and security think tank. Although it has good relations with the government, it is independent. End quote. Well, we do not believe that Russia is as dependent on Syria as the caste director believes. The scriptures paint a different picture. Ezekiel 38 verses 4 to 5 speak of a military buildup in the region preparing for Armageddon. We read, I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws and bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia. Ethiopia and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Daniel 11.40 echoes this picture, where we read earlier, the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him, like a whirlwind, with chariots and horsemen and many ships, and shall enter into the countries and overflow and pass over. Joel 3 verses 9 to 11 speaks of a little Gentile nations arming themselves, thinking that they are strong. We read, Proclaim thee this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Yahweh. While we continue to watch the Bible in the news, and we wait for that time when God will send his mighty ones to intervene in the events of the Middle East. Until then, we continue to consider the Bible in the news. This has been Jonathan Bowen joining you. Tune in next week for a special report when the Bible in the news will come direct from Israel, God willing. <laughs> 